everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast where we ask the question. coming off of like a really terrible migraine. Yanel, do you have any physical ailments that you would like to complain about? No, just uh, <laughs> burnout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fair, that's yeah. a fair concern. Um, this is the podcast where we ask the question, remember the ox? And we talk about everything from, I was thinking of um, Damaged by Danity Kane to that Vanity Fair spread of all of the teen stars in 2003. They're all wearing like taupe, magenta, and like violet, and it's all like shiny materials. And I think that's where Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff found out they were both dating Aaron Carter. Wait, that was the thing that happened? What? You haven't seen these pictures? Well, like, I bet wait. if you saw this magazine, you'd remember. They dated him at the same time? Yes. Yes, this was like a whole drama. Actually, I firsthand was involved with the Lindsay Lohan, Hillary Duff drama. How? Because I went to go see Aaron Carter in concert when I was a kid because 18s was opening up for him. And that was really the most important thing to me. And Lindsay Lohan was there because she's from Merrick. That's right. Lindsay Lohan was there and I got to meet her. She was very nice. I was like a nervous little nine-year-old. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were dating at the exact same time. And that Vanity Fair spread is apparently where they found out. I think somebody was asking Hillary, like, hey, how's your relationship going with Aaron? And Lindsay Lohan was there. Or it was like vice versa. Somebody asked one of them, like, hey, how's your relationship going? And the other one was like, what do you mean you're in a relationship with Aaron Carter? I'm in a relationship Uh-oh. with Aaron Carter. <laughs> That's wild. Is, yeah. Isn't he yeah. also like, isn't he also like a out there all like, he's old. Like he's our, I think a little older than us. Isn't he like in his mid thirties, but looks like a wannabe e-boy SoundCloud rapper who's also super yeah, mega. Yeah, he is not well. He, he, I think that whole family has experienced a lot of things. Yeah. Um, We also saw his sister, Jessica Cart, I think her name was Jessica, who had a single. She's since died, I think, of drugs. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, I think he's got a lot of demons now. Yeah, I feel but Lindsay like... Lohan's engaged. Oh yeah, I heard that. Mm-hmm. To who? Just every time <laughs> so I you... see Aaron Carter, I think he's gonna drop like a SoundCloud link to his January six rap. I wish that was his only issue. Um, but I, I think there's a lot more going on there. Oh jeez. Yeah. We're speaking of tragedies. <laughs> I don't know where I was the perfect going. Segue. <laughs> the perfect segue. I'm like waiting. I'm like, huh? Huh? <laughs> I was because um, Courtney mentioned before, like these movies can be tragic, and I was like thinking, like speaking of tragedies, and then I'm like, but wait, of all of them, at least the first five, this one's the one that doesn't end in tragedy. I mean, it kind of 
still has a tragedy. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it has a couple tragedies, but it it I guess we're gonna get to this point it has a very mm-hmm. ominous ending. What was that, Yano? Has an ominous, uh, we call it um, ending. The very end of this movie. Mm. So we're gonna get to it, but it's okay. like, oh wow, <laughs> this is this is this is weird. This makes me feel a different way. <laughs> but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Where should we start? Um, I mean, this one was made in two thousand and four, which to me yes. is like the best year for making movies. It was a pretty yeah. good year. This is uh. Just so we say it, this is the episode for Spider-Man 2. Where you been, pal? You don't return my calls. I've been kind of busy. Taking pictures of your friend. Spider-Man killed my father. No matter what I do. Do you love me or not? No matter how hard I try. I want Spider-Man dead. It's the ones I love who will always be the ones who pay. I can't keep thinking about you. I'm getting married. I want a life of my own. Spider-Man. No more. Yep, yep. Spider-Man. Our guest host, Yanel, is back. Hi, everybody. Yay! We did not (laughs) scare him away from the last time. (laughs) No. (laughs) This is one of my favorite movies of uh, of all time, and definitely another one that, like, you know, was a staple of my, you know, teenage years. So freaking good. Yeah. It's, it's it felt, amazing. It felt so good to rewatch it. Did you guys also feel really good rewatching this? I knew that I was going to, I knew it was going to be a good movie. Like I knew like, oh, this is a great movie, but actually watching it, it mm-hmm. like gave me all these emotions. And I'm like, there's just Aww. like the first movie is a great, it's a good movie. It's really solid, right. but it seems like they're getting their footing down. It's like the first type of movie like this, but Spider-Man two, they just kind of nailed it. Yeah, yeah. They they did something that a lot of adaptations kind of fail at doing, or not really good at doing, is that they kind of take the source material and made it better, right? Especially with Doctor Octopus, like they gave him a lot more character and a lot more depth than what's in the comic books, and it's inspired Spider Man in different mediums, including um, um, recent game that came out in I think twenty eighteen. Like that character's demeanor is. Definitely inspired by Alfred Molina's portrayal. I mean, I don't think that this character would have the same gravitas if it weren't for, like, such a classically trained actor like Alfred Molina. Yeah, yeah. I I read somewhere um, there were a couple people that were considered for the role before Alfred really? Molina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, two come to mind. I know there's more. Ed Harris and mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Walken. Interesting. Oh my god. <laughs> that would have been. That would have been wild. <laughs> like, wow. Um. There. There are some nights. I think I told Tom this, but Yanel, I don't know if you knew this. Um. There are several nights when, like, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep, but you still just get like a little giggly. Yeah. And then you have trouble sleeping, and then you're just like having a laughing fit. Yeah. Um. Several of those nights for me and Joe um, are because we both just get into a Christopher Walken voice. (laughs) (laughs) We just start repeating things. So I'm just picturing now, like, what that would look like for Spider-Man 2. Peter Parker. Wow. 
that oh my goodness first of all nice impression uh, <laughs> thank you second of all that would have been i don't <laughs> that movie would not have been as good as it as it is if anyone else but melina actually played it you don't think that that would have been um as intimidating <laughs> And no, I've just been like, it's, okay, I guess Doc Ock's from Brooklyn, you know, he's straight New York. <laughs> like, damn. I mean, I guess that's what he is, but damn. <laughs> well, like, what I love about his his performance in this movie is that he's playing two characters. He's playing Dr. Octavius, but mm-hmm. then he's also playing Dr. Octavius kind of being controlled or manipulated by the arms. Right. Mm. Like I found this out recently and there's like theories about it because in the new trailer for No Way Home, when the arms are in control, they're like eye bits are red. Mm. So there's like clear signs of like when he's kind of getting control and then when like the arms are truly kind of like running the show. And so he's playing himself versus himself versus Spider-Man. Wow, that's a really good point. I mean, the scene where, and I'm just like mentioning it a little bit before we get into it, like, and I think this is why you need somebody who is like classically trained, like Alfred Molina, is because he knows how to give a beat before responding to himself so that you can sort of insert what you think the tentacles are putting into his head. Like, that scene where he's becoming Doc Ock, like, you can feel the sort of interaction, even if it's just with these, like, metal clasps, you know? Right. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. I watched it as a kid with my mom. It's called Not Without My Daughter. Have you guys heard of this movie? I have not. I've never seen it. Okay. Um, It's... This drama with Sally Fields and Alfred Alfred Molina, this is the first movie that I ever saw him in. It's based on a true story where a woman, an American woman, is married to um, a Muslim uh, individual, and he takes her back and their daughter to their home country, and then he starts to act more possessive, and then she feels like she can't escape her home. He's, like, more abusive. And um, she, like, it's about her escaping with her daughter. Um, It's a very good movie. I don't think it would age well, considering Alfred Molina is not Middle Eastern at all. He is Italian and Spanish um, and British. He's a British citizen. But it was a really good movie. I also don't know why I, like, watched it as a kid with my mom. But um, (laughs) having that context, I already, like, knew he about his acting ability before Spider-Man 2. And, like, as a tween, I was like, ah, yes, Alfred Molina from Not (laughs) Without My Daughter. I can't wait to see him as the villain in this movie. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> You're just like, oh, I, I know this actor before you guys even heard of Spider-Man. <laughs> yes, yes, the critical success of this drama. <laughs> stiff upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Um, did you know? I found this out because to bounce off what Yonel was saying before about different people considered, mm-hmm. one of the original mm-hmm. story ideas was to make Doc Ock Peter's age and to have it be a love triangle oh. between Peter, Doc Ock, and Mary Jane. Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah. That, oh, oh that feels like a, that feels like an amazing Spider-Man story plot. 
No, no, that sounds like a fan fiction that should only stay on Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it would be like a really good one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I'm sorry. You kind of took me back with that. That's a little, (laughs) like, that just takes, uh, okay, it's a weird thing. (laughs) You threw Yonel off his game. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, instead, but instead, Mary Jane is in love with J. Jonah Jameson's son, guy who went to space. Elijah from the Vampire Diaries and the originals. Yeah, but who cares? He went to space. Like What? Okay, okay. No. <laughs> Damn, no, right. no, no, no. You can't talk about the Vampire like, Diaries like that. Whoa. I'm, saying, I'm saying I don't like this man. I don't like him. He's very awkward, and I feel like his acting is very awkward in the Vampire Diaries, too, but it works better in that. I know. I'm I saw his name in the opening credits, like Daniel Gillies, and I thought the same thing that I did when I looked him up for Vampire Diaries. I was like, is he related to Elizabeth Gillies? No, I don't think so. And I was like, where have I heard that name before? And then I realized, like, oh my god, that's uh, Elijah from Vampire Diaries. That's... I have not seen Vampire Diaries. There are, similar to the first movie, a lot of small roles with famous faces. Oh, yeah. We can list them off now. We can, um, I I was surprised to see, um, why is my brain not working? It's okay. It's the COVID. Joey Diaz, comedian Joey Diaz. He's in the subway car. He's the one that's like. You want to get through him? You gotta get through us. Oh, that guy! Yeah, oh, just like classic scene. New Yorker. Yeah, <laughs> that scene for me. Emily, um, Emily Deschanel. Emily Deschanel, way at the beginning. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Joel McHale with mm-hmm. with old Joel McHale hairline, being a a jerk. That he plays very naturally, but I don't think he actually is a jerk. I think he just gives off good jerk energy. No, he's just, he knows how to play like the douche. Yeah. And then um, Hal Sparks in the elevator. (laughs) 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 It's Um, so interesting going back to these movies and seeing some of these actors that are I guess big now or semi big, and it's just like mm-hmm. wow, I can't believe I didn't know. I think his boss in the in the pizza place is a is a comedian. Oh, I can't remember the yes. name at the top of my, my oh, head. Oh, at Joe's Joe's Pizza Place, which is for those not from New York, a real famous New York pizza place. Um, as if Manvi Manvi. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I don't know his name, but I've I, seen him before. He's in so many things. He's great. Um, he's really great. I feel for him because his career has taken some very weird twists and turns. Um, I don't like the accent that I'm assuming was put on him to do for this role. But, um, he is also in the last Airbender movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, poor poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, and he's a great comedian. So, I mean, that's where the movie starts. It starts with uh, Peter Parker is like running late to do his, his job at the pizzeria. He's trying to make ends meet. And then, you know, it doesn't work out. 
Should we get into it? Yeah, we can get into Let's it. Get into it. Yeah. He's the pizza delivery man, which if you've ever played mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2, the best one of the best Spider-Man games is that pivotal mission. Hands. <laughs> Yo, do, do not get me started on that game. That game. <laughs> Did you love that, that game? game? I love that game. Me, that, oh, game. that game amount, was incredible. Really? The amount of hours I spent playing that game throughout like my sophomore year of college or uh, junior year, uh, not college, uh, high school, is insane. It's insane. I wore out the disc because I played it so much. Aww. That game was great. Well, like, like the, the, that was like the best Spider-Man game until 2018. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was what made uh, what what the, the selling point of that game. You know, it was a movie tie-in with Spider-Man Two, and what uh, to get a little, I guess, a little technical. What made it really good is that it made you really feel like Spider-Man. So Spider-Man's webs, as you would swing through the city, and it was an open-world city, was that um, it would actually stick to buildings. Building, so you yeah. had to learn how to navigate through the city as Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Right? And it was, like, really, really – and the, the way they designed it was really good. And I remember playing that game and just, like, leveling – I think you could level up his speed while swinging. And, I'd like, you could cross Manhattan in, like, six minutes or whatever. It, oh, you have no idea. Like, I did everything and anything in that game. Um, Aw. It's just – yeah, that, that was that was a pivotal point in my, uh, my upbringing when it came to um, – Gaming, yeah, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I can't go back to it now, but to Tom's point, yo, one of the missions I hated, you might like it, Tom, and I don't know if you're being sarcastic, was delivering pizzas because you couldn't, you couldn't flip while you're swinging, you couldn't flip, and it would ruin the pizza. pizza. And it's just like you would fail the mission, or your customers will complain, and it's just like, oh my god, this is like you, you essentially have to basically run. And swing once and then land and then run. It's just like, oh my goodness, this is so ridiculous. That and balloon chasing. Uh, balloon, balloon chasing? I hate, well, like yeah. any of these open world games, there's always like met, like race against time missions. And th- that was the balloon one. It's just the I, the pizza yeah. ones were tedious, but that music is iconic. That funny music. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. It's pizza <laughs> time. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pizza time. Oh my god, I should have went back and played that. That was that, that was a that was a that was a very interesting game. I feel like in the two thousands there were a lot of video games that were sort of the plot of a movie and you mm. just had to go through it and then they'd add extra things. Like I remember we played um Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on GameCube. I heard that was also a very good game. Uh, I think it was I watched, a good game. I think YouTuber Eddie Burback talked about it, and it looked like a fun <laughs> game. It, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. We tried to get my mom to do a flying lesson, and she just kept driving the broom into the ground. So it was definitely <laughs> worth it. God bless. <laughs> That's funny. But so we, we start off Spider-Man 2 with uh, Peter is completely burnt out. Um and he's like running late to his courses. He's trying to do two jobs. This is very much me from a year ago. 
um, also at Columbia University, but um, they like start a scene off there where he is like late to his class, and we see Dr. Kurt Connors, who would have been the villain for Spider Man 4. Yep, he would yeah. have been the lizard man. That's right. I just the lizard. Think... The lizard. Lizard top. <laughs> he would have been Mark Zuckerberg um, as Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, did you guys see the design layout that they had intended for his lizard yes i saw it in the yeah it's they're they're online with like a lot of the original concepts for like the vulture and some of the aspects of spider-man 4 if i can look it up dylan baker i just can't really see that actor being a big villain but also like i know he's been in a lot of things but i'm gonna yeah now i'm gonna send you this picture so you can see it um and yeah then then we get the scene of like um he goes to like tie his shoes or pick something up something stupid that peter parker needs to do and then he's just getting knocked back and forth by other columbia students which is just it's just so cruel oh, <laughs> but it's also kind of funny it is funny so <laughs> oh like this guy can't catch a break so yonel and i as pathetic as possible <laughs> i think yonel and i know the same fact about that scene the man yeah. who hit peter parker with that bag was the director sam raimi yes yep. yes this i heard of too um, that's why I asked you guys if you saw the bloopers, because oh. in one of the bloopers, uh, Sam Raimi, like, knocks into him with a backpack, and then, uh, the strap hooks onto Tobey Maguire's face and just kind yeah. of drags him along a little bit. It was, like, by accident or something. Yeah, but it just sort of adds to the patheticness of Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker yeah. that everybody hates. I love that though. I, I love when that stuff like that happens where it's like something that was a slight mistake and it's just like, you know what? This adds to it, it makes it even better. Let's keep it in there. So yeah. knowing that fact, I'm like, that is hilarious. Cause he just like knocked out and people just bumping into him and then backpack strap straight to the face drag. And I'm like, this is man, I feel sorry for this kid. Now that's now for me, this begs the question, do you think that because there, obviously, we talk about Spider Man one, and there was that rumor where they asked the guy to accidentally actually hit Tobey Maguire. Do you think some of that like resentment carries on into this movie with the cast and crew? Hmm. Because there was this story. Do you know the story where Tobey Maguire did drop out briefly from Spider Man two? Yeah, but I thought oh, it was a back problem. That is true. Oh. He was he dropped out because he had a back injury and they actually casted Jake Gyllenhaal to play Spider-Man. But then Oh, right, because that's when he's dating Kirsten Dunst. Yes, but then apparently his back was fine and the rumor is is that cuz they already he signed the agreement for the three-picture deal. But part of the thing was the Tobey Maguire's agents thought that they could try to get a better deal. They wanted I think like 25 million for the movie. Mm-hmm. but I guess like they already signed the deal and like, what's like, I know he, I'm not saying anything bad. I got to McGuire as an actor, mm-hmm. but are you really going to like miss out on being Spider-Man? Right. Right. Yeah. At the same mm-hmm. time, Spider-Man is Marvel's like biggest cash cow. Biggest ca- so it's the, go of it. 
biggest mm-hmm. cash su- biggest superhero cash cow of all time like yeah it's yeah. a big fat cow yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a big fat kobe beef cow that they massage and big given wine fat spider <laughs> big fat spider um yonel did you take a look at the link that i sent you in the yeah Discord? i saw that it's that's okay so that's a that's a wild concept art but at the same time <laughs> it looks exact it looks all not as, i want to say exactly it has it's like they use the same design for the andrew garfield one and if you if uh if i remember it correctly it's kind of like that humanoid lizard slash face because you know there's different ways they portray him in the comic books as a giant mm-hmm. alligator or mm-hmm. just like a humanoid lizard and so i wasn't even expecting this i, I thought that they would go maybe a little bit more like a lizard alligator thing but yeah that See, is I, I feel like this is a little less cartoony than the andrew garfield one yeah like yeah from what i remember i i feel like it was just a little bit more dinosaur-esque in the Andrew Garfield one, but I also really liked Reese uh, Ifan, Ifan's, uh, the British guy. I thought it was Bill Nahi for a while when I wasn't feeling well yesterday, and then I remembered that it's Reese Ifan's, Ifan's. But I thought he was really good in it. I don't really remember much of his portrayal. Mm. Mm. Uh, to be honest, I hate those movies. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> I, it's just like, these movies were unnecessary. Okay, I I was fine with the first one. I have not seen the one where Gwen Stacy dies. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so yeah. So you know he's meeting with Doctor Kirk Connors, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a paper on Doctor Octavius," and he's like, "Okay, that's a friend of mine. So be careful. You better do it justice." And then um, he goes to meet with his friends for his birthday. And I feel like this whole interaction is very uncomfortable for a birthday party. <laughs> it was because you got, okay. So, but didn't they surprise him? I don't think he knew. Or they like, surprise him. They surprise him. He goes to his, he goes to Aunt May's house and um, Mary Jane and Osborne are there. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to him and he goes, Peter, you're my best friend. I love you. Why won't you tell me about Spider-Man? <laughs> He's like, dude, you're my best friend. I miss you. I haven't seen you in so long. How fucking dare you sp- side with that spider? <laughs> that goddamn Spider-Man. And then also, like, Mary Jane is just in the other room. Like, you can see her walking by, and then they're just talking about her. And it's like, she's right there. I feel like she'd be able to hear everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he- Harry's all like, dude, she's waiting for you. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, dude, go to her. <laughs> go to her. Oh, creepy. Um, yeah. This is the movie where Kirsten Dunst said that she got a much better wig than the first one. Yeah, because something I noticed even as a kid, that was mm-hmm. her hair color. Yeah. Um, in the first one, it was like stark red. Like the color right. was kind of red. But um, in this one, it's more, um, what do you call it? Uh, Auburn is the wrong word for it. It's more of the natural red. Like people who have naturally red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's more of the like strawberry blonde. It's like more natural looking. Um, And her career is taking off. She is like the star of this play and Broadway. And her face is everywhere on on a billboard thing. 
it's just it's everywhere so she's doing well you know yeah um yeah and then like you kind of start to see like where their lives are all starting to separate and you know they're trying to make an effort to spend time with him even though james franco's character is like making it really tense yeah um, it's just like bro relax yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like i know i know he knows the guy who killed your dad but also, it's not like his dad was a good dad to him anyways. Yeah, it's just like, it, it was, you know, it goes going back to like Spider-Man 1. It's just like, he was kind of a dick to you for the majority of the movie. And then yeah. he's nice to you. And then you're like, I must avenge his dad. And I know that's your dad, but at the same time, I'm like, he was a terrible father. Yeah, like he always reminded him of his disappointments of him. Yeah, and just totally crushing on Peter, like every chance he got. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you could just see it on his face. How come you can't be more like Peter? Like, you know. I don't want to make this obvious, but like, I wish you weren't my son, and I wish Peter was my son. Exactly. <laughs> but so Harry offers to introduce him to uh Dr. Octavius. Um one thing I do really love about comic book villains is when their names oddly pair with their villain names. I know it's like so silly, yeah, but I love it so me. much. <laughs> I love it, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, this is man. Imagine meeting someone named Doctor Otto Octavius. That's just, yeah, huh? A little on the nose, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> um, and then that's how we get to meet. Uh, Dr. Octavius, and then like Harry just puts on the douche, right? Like, he just yeah. is like, My man! And Dr. Octavius is like, I fucking hate this kid so much. <laughs> I only deal with I'm him just... because he's funding this project. Exactly. Like he's, he's the money. Also, he's also like, Wow, Peter Parker is my new son. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Harry is just like, ah! <laughs> What I love about this scene is that Dr. Octavius and Peter talk and there's like this genuine connection and Octavius tells him his plan and immediately Peter's like, isn't that just going to destroy literally everything? Right, right. Yeah. You want to build a small sun. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you want to talk about this? This is a little bit of a crazy idea. Yeah. Like, I guess because it's just like he's a mad scientist so it makes sense, but um. He's building a sun in the middle of Midtown Manhattan. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Not the fuck is this? What the hell is he doing? How the science state? You know? Yeah. How does the scientific community be like? No, stop yeah. this! This is literally insane. Because money, <laughs> they need yeah. money. Exactly. Always need money. He's building a sun. He's building a son. What's better Not than Harry, one? That's for sure. What's better than one son? Two right. sons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love this scene because, yeah. like, it just makes it that much harder to see Doctor Octavius go through his transformation. Like, Norman is always kind of a dick, so you know, there's not as much of a reason to empathize with him. There is because, you know, it's his best friend's dad. But at the same time like this, he's like a good person who is just doing this for research's sake. Yeah. I think Got he him. mentions he's doing it to for unlimited energy. And I think Harry wants to, I don't know if he mentions that or I don't know where I picked this up. He wants to like 
money off of it, military applications. I think that's the normal thing that um uh, uh that the most of these like corporate types like. But it's it's mm-hmm. clear that Harry and and Doc Ock aren't on the same page of what to use what to do with this. Yeah. Um, there's such um there's such an innocence to Dr. Octavius that I feel like Alfred Molina really plays into. Yeah. And him and his wife and everything. Yeah. And I think that's what um Alfred Molina said that he loved playing Dr. Octavius for is that he felt like you know, when you can have a villain that you can humanize, it makes it that much easier to play him because mm. then he has that depth that he can work with. He doesn't, he mentioned that he didn't like the, like the mustache twirling villains that he liked right. that, um, Dr. Octavius, like this was an accident that happened to him. It was like a reluctant villain. Right. What's interesting that they did in this movie when it comes to his origin compared to mm-hmm. the comic books is like I I don't remember and I think this is an unintentional side effect like why Doc Ock becomes a villain right like I think he gets these arms and then he essentially just becomes a villain there isn't really a reason why right mm. and in this movie they give him they make him a sympathetic hero right mm-hmm. Doc Ock is on the same level as Green Goblin as far as like top tier enemies for spider-man because you know doc ock is kind of what you know it's kind of like that whole thing with heroes and villains a dark reflection of each other or whatever like peter if he goes kind of nuts or whatever can become doc ock it's the same Mm. thing with norman osborne and i love the way they handled it because i remember thinking when i saw it and this movie i saw in theaters by the way Mm. (laughs) i saw this one in theaters also same um uh they actually give him a reason. And I really loved that as a kid. And they made him very sympathetic. I'm like, man, this dude was just trying to do the best he could. And then it just went awry. And I, I, that was, he made, you know, like how villains make heroes or whatever. I feel like he did a good job after leaning in his portrayal as Doc Ock, making um, him more sympathetic and making the movie even stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to go from like making unlimited energy for all to I'm going to destroy the world by building a second sun, that is a steep hill to climb. Right. And to make that transition make sense and make it sympathetic is very, very difficult, but they do such a good job. Yeah. Well, like what um, I feel like with Doc Ock in this movie, because to bounce off what Yanel was saying, like, because at the first, he has this really strong ambition. He has this goal. It's being funded by Oscorp. And mm-hmm. it goes, but his ambitions fly too high. And it goes wrong. And his wife is killed. And he's, like, embarrassed publicly oh in front God. of, like, all these investors. But he the, even says Icarus. Yeah, it, exactly. After, yeah. He, fl- yeah. he flew too, literally too close to the second son, the, the one that he made. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then like there's this weird thing where like the arms because the arms he they do mention the arms are sentient but they operate under his control due to that chip but the chip breaks and there's like mm-hmm. he loses everything that kept him human and that's when his arms kind of their sentience takes over and he fully invests in the vision like we know as the audience that his vision's going to destroy all of manhattan 
but his his ambitions are clouded and are like, no, I can't be wrong. This is right. I got to do it. And it's this weird parallel with because mm-hmm. this movie about Spider-Man, especially in this movie, is this idea that he's Peter is balancing his life with the responsibilities of being Spider-Man. And it's very difficult, but it's even more difficult, difficult because he can't he refuses to ask for help. Like he's afraid mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. And that's why, like everything's a struggle and a challenge for him. Like he only has so much to gain by learning to be vulnerable. Like I'm getting, maybe I'm speed running to like the point and the theme of the movie, but like, that's, I think the the character parallel between him and Doc Ock. Doc Ock is doing everything because he's lost everything because of his ambitions Mm. and has nothing to lose. Whereas Peter has to learn it's okay to be vulnerable and, and get like, essentially ask for help. Like, I mean, Right. Being a he, he could do all the human being things. He could literally get help with. It's okay. I mean, it's difficult, but it's better than not doing it. Because his solution later in the movie is to just give up being Spider Man. He's just like, fuck it. We get the raindrops are falling on my head. See, oh, yeah. my bird backrack. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. And he eats a fun fact. He eats. Remember the scene where he eats the hot dog? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a vegan hot dog because Tobey Maguire is vegan. Oh, fucking Tobey Maguire being vegan. <laughs> you eat that New York hot dog in that dirty water and you like it. <laughs> um, What was I going to say? Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, we almost forgot the biggest, biggest small role, new big actor, Daniel Day Kim. Oh, yes, yes. Daniel Day Kim is the person helping him and is like, oh, no, we're having a problem. And I'm like, oh, my God, we had one person who was in the bad last Airbender movie. And now we have the guy who's going to be Lord Ozai in the new last Airbender. I'm like, what? This is crazy. Um, I love (laughs) Daniel Day Kim. He's great. But um, so we were talking about like how we all saw this in the movie theaters and like there's this big scene where you know he loses control of the second son um this is actually the first time i had seen that scene because as a kid i was terrified and i definitely had every right to be scared because this is where i think sam raimi's horror experience really comes into play are you talking about the hospital scene the hospital scene, um, like when the sun is getting too big and things are falling apart around him, like oh, the yeah. way that they use the glass to come to Rosie, but they never yeah. actually show it hitting her. Like I was way <clears throat> too afraid of that as a tween. But oh, I yeah, think it was, it was extremely it's, powerful. It's really powerful. To, like, yeah, to portray her death. Oh, I... Seeing that, I was like, wow, that says a lot compared to just seeing her just being, I don't know, her neck sliced open or whatever. That one is pretty ominous. And the shot is really good, by the way. Like, the yeah. idea of the shot, like, off the glass, you're th- it's like, wow, this was actually... In, in this movie, there are a couple scenes where I'm just like, wow, it's a very interesting way to show this kind of thing or this viewpoint. Like, um, I know we're skipping ahead when I talk about this and um, no, is uh, when Spider Man is uh, uh, he's coming to fight Doc Ock uh, on the clock tower. Mm-hmm. And it, you see the reflection off of Doc Ock's sunglasses, and I'm like, wow, that's a great shot. Like, 
Uh, like this is really interesting. Why did they? Uh, it, it for me, I'm like, oh, that makes the movie a lot more timely. But going back to what you're talk, what, what, you, what you were uh, talking about, yeah, there were that that scene in the hospital, and just Oof. seeing like the entire apartment kind of cave in when once when things start losing control. When you start losing control, it is kind of like, oh my god, this is. <laughs> it, it's like, oh my god, this chick got real. Yeah, yeah. And um, did you guys know that they used um, a gigantic, like, beach ball for the sun no. when they were doing the scene? Oh, I yeah, I did that. know that. I did oh, know okay. because isn't one of the bloopers they replaced yes. him with um, William Defoe, right? Yeah. They, um, Tom, and have you heard about this? No. So, Yanel, do you want to explain it? Yeah, I, I don't... Um, I so I, I guess there's a like they played a trick on Alfred Molina or there's like a blooper or whatever, but they got William Defoe to play Doc Ock when he's a, when he's trying to control the sun. All right, practicing and action. <laughs> this precious carbon is the fuel that makes this project go. There are only 25 pounds on the planet. I want to thank Harry Osborne. And Osborne Industries for providing it. That's a little. <laughs> 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 and it's just like Alpha Molina steps into the scene. And he's just like, oh my god! It was like a cute, heartwarming moment. It was moment. so cute. It was <laughs> I'm so like, cute. This, is, this is awesome. Like, oh, I miss like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like between these two famous villains, and it's so cute because like they they like tape Willem Dafoe talking to um, I, I think it's Sam Raimi. I don't know what he looks like in real life, but he's talking to like one of the crew members, and it's really cute. And Alfred's like, if, you know, if you want me to do the scene better, like I'll, I'll do it. Like you know, he's like talking about like you know, I'll take the criticism, and then like you see his reaction first, and he's like, oh my gosh, and then they go <laughs> over to the reactor and you see Willem Dafoe like in the tentacles in the goggles and the wind is like blowing in his face and he's repeating Doc Ock's lines and it's so cute and he he did a good job too yeah he looks like that <laughs> uh, like that crazy like ding ding like he's like overacting I love it yeah um did you guys know that Doc Ock was supposed to make an appearance in the first movie yes no I didn't that's yeah. one of the problems Sony has is they love saying we did a good thing. Let's just the second time around, let's just cram all the villains in. I know. I know. They 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 too fly too close to the sun too many times. And then what happens? It's just kind of right. mitigated disaster. And then Emma Stone dies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of, um, that's one I'm afraid for this next Spider-Man movie. I'm like, okay, I see I see like more villains than before have we learned nothing i was thinking about that too i was like i'm so excited for all of these people but then i'm also like are are we sure we want to tackle this again yeah i just want to be like they have to be have a plan they have to because they know the criticism everyone says like there's too many villains in each of the third of movies or the second mm-hmm. movies whatever and it's just like you guys like you guys have to know this so you guys better have a great idea on how mm-hmm. We could make this Sinister Six or whatever scary um, and like formidable while also relating to Peter Parker and 
potential of the two that might be there. So I think one yeah. way that it, it, it could work for them differently is that every time they've tried to do this before, they are introducing new villains. I mean, even right. leading to like Harry Osborne being the next Green Goblin in the third movie, which by the way, like I just don't think that James Franco has the charisma to be a no. villain. I'm, I'm no. going to say that now before we even do the next episode. Um, like he just doesn't have the gusto to be a villain. No. Yeah. It comes off in the, uh, like not really authentic. It's right. He's trying too hard. Like, oh, I hate you, Spider-Man. It's like, bro, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> like, did you know, you, like, I, until yeah. recently, like, my memory just <laughs> thought that, like, oh, that was the Hobgoblin. No, he's just Mm-mm. New Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he was called. Just I'm like, what? New Goblin. Like, why? So it's, it's so crazy when it comes to that movie. It's yeah. like, <sighs> he's it, like you had great opportunity to. Uh, Diet that's, Goblin. That's a mo- yeah, that's a movie that's just like a studio mess. Right. So I think that the fact that, and then, you know, for the second one with Andrew Garfield, they introduced too many villains. And then they're also trying to introduce this plot of like, oh, what were the parents up to? Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's like exactly how they said it. <laughs> in the script, yes. what are the parents up to? <laughs> like, why is Spider-Man in a secret hideout underneath Manhattan in an old yeah. subway car? I'm like, where did this movie take this turn? <laughs> right. And nobody said, no, we shouldn't do this. But yeah. I feel like with this new one, we already know and love these characters like we don't need an origin story because like we know alfred molina can play doc ock we know the maniacal laugh of willem willem dafoe as the green goblin we're ready for jamie fox to take back the role of electro like we we have that information already yeah i also read um apparently with the amazing spider-man 2 when the sony leaks happened one of the emails was an email between Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige said this movie's a mess remove <laughs> two of the villains oh yeah he yeah, was like you sh- he's like remove two of the villains you don't need this many villains yeah they definitely didn't need the rhino at the end that was so fucking stupid <laughs> yeah but um okay so like that hospital scene Mm-hmm. I feel like is just pure Evil Dead. It is. 100% it's the Evil Dead. I mean, there's even a scene where the tentacles are coming at one of the doctors in the way that the Necronomicron evil comes at someone. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought that was a nice little, like, tip the hat off to Evil Dead. Um, that was, yeah, that was one of the scenes also that I only just watched yesterday for the first time, because as a kid, it just, I, there was no way I was watching it. I had my head down during that whole time as a kid. Um, it's it's a wild scene. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the scene where like Alfred Molina is like talking to himself, but he's also like talking to the tentacles, um, right. which is insane. It's like such a good scene. Which is something that like uh, they added just for the movie because again mm-hmm. it's not in the comic books like it, in the comic books it doesn't imply that like Doc Ock turned evil because of the tentacles it's just like he seemed like a shitty person that had 
this accident and now he hates the world. But this movie, you know, they gave that added aspect and it makes it a little bit more interesting. It makes the tentacles themselves a little bit more interesting because um, in the movie, they're essentially artificial intelligence. In the comic mm-hmm. books just seems to be like he has some mental control of these metal arms. And um, I don't know, it makes it a little bit, it makes him more compelling character. To be fair, I think I'd be really cranky too if I had a bunch of mechanical arms that couldn't get off of me. True, true, true. But it makes life a little bit easier. Just imagine just like doing so many different things. Like you couldn't, you wouldn't have to work. No, he doesn't even have to walk at one point. Like he's just using the tentacles and I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm thinking of my knees. Like, oh, that sounds so good. I'd be like 600 pounds because I'm like, oh, anywhere. Just imagine getting like this big clank, 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 clank. I'm like, oh, your nail is here. <laughs> you know? It's just like, hey guys, and I'm just like, oh, I'm messed. Like, oh man, did you even bathe? <laughs> I can't, I can't get these things in water, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, also, too, system, like man. the needles. Oh, oh, my yeah. oh my god i think that was the moment that i had to close my eyes as a kid i was like no no i'm this close to walking out of this movie theater <laughs> needles in the spine no thank you yeah uh, oh. one oh. thing about those arms um but like what's interesting because back then those were actually like four puppeteers yes. controlling each arm Yes, I love that really? so much. Yeah, and like I read into it and I was listening because um, they asked uh, both Tom Holland and uh, Alfred Manini talked about it. He was saying like back then, like you had to act in accordance with the puppeteers. Mm-hmm. And he said now the beauty of like they it's all CGI, which I mean, it's a little sad because it's like I miss like the idea of this being these robotic arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But according to Alfred Molina, he was like, it gave him a little more freedom to act without having to coordinate with other people. Mm-hmm. Like he had this thing called the, um, I forgot what his thing, it was like this T stand where he would stand on this mechanical lever that would lift him up and down. So he could act willingly and freely and the CG artist would then do the arms in accordance with the way Alfred Molina was acting. Right. Mm. So it's interesting how they're going to do it now. Yeah, I I thought that was really fascinating, too, that there were, like, real, four real arms that he had to act with, and I I think that that's so interesting, and I I kind of miss that about practical effects. I'm always a big sucker for practical effects. Oh, yeah. That's why I think think Jurassic Park 3 is still Mm -hmm. better than the other, than Jurassic (laughs) World movies, simply (laughs) because there's actually a dinosaur on screen, like... Jurassic Park three is not good, but no, neither is not. Jurassic. But neither <laughs> is Jurassic World. Okay. Right. Right. At least, at least Jurassic Park three has an actual animatronic T Rex and an actual animatronic Spinosaurus fighting. Um, it took me a really long time to watch the Jurassic Park movies because I was also scared, um, <laughs> of those movies for a very long time. And then I think a couple of years ago, my at the time five year old nephew was more fine with those movies than I was. So we watched all of them together. And it, it just proved to me just like how Hollywood Jurassic World is. Like even from like Bree Dallas Howard, who will show up in the next movie. Um her running in like stiletto heels. Do you know that was yeah. her choice? 
That's crazy. That Because I thought it was like a studio decision, like a very misogynistic studio decision. But then apparently that was her idea. She goes, I wanted to prove that just because you wear heels doesn't mean you can't run. I'm like, yeah, we but have not enough when, of that. Yeah, but not <laughs> when you're being chased by a dinosaur. Yeah, listen, I'll, I'll, I will speak for all of womanhood, all self-identifying womanhood. It's fine. We don't need anybody running in heels anymore. I am okay. I, I understand. Yes, you can run in heels. Fantastic. I'm so sorry for your feet. <laughs> not only terrible. is it not only is it uh like authentic but i feel like it's a little bit more creepy if she's like running barefoot in that scene mm. like if she didn't have the heels and she was running barefoot it's just because like, it's real it's real yeah like, it just animal. feels like if <laughs> yeah i remember uh uh no um seeing that like a clip or something that i was watching recently and she pointed that out as well like, yeah <laughs> yeah that's clearly why I don't wear heels. <laughs> um, but so like, yeah, so he, he leaves the hospital and he has this scene where he's talking with the tentacles. And I just, I feel like that's, that's so on Alfred Molina's acting skills. Um, and also, I mean, like when you think about it too, like Tom, you were talking about how like now they have this new technology where it's a lot easier for him to act um and not worry about the tentacles being around him like we have to remember the age difference like so this movie's 17 years old yeah so he had to be like what 51 at the time he's 68 now and i would imagine that like you need a lot of like upper body strength to carry all of those tentacles on your back realistically i mean even if you have puppeteers helping you that can't be comfortable no um but I did really love the way they would do these scenes with Doc Ock, which I thought were really impressive, where he would turn and then like face the screen and then he turned back. Like the moment he realizes that the inhibitor chip is broken, it's just such a swift turn. And that's so hard to do when you have this like bulky mechanical stuff around you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was uh, really impressive and I feel like captured the sort of like urgency of like his mind, you know, descending into insanity. Oh, yeah. And then Peter. Peter Parker. (laughs) The whole point of this movie is Peter Parker struggling to be Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many life sucks for him? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's just shitting on Peter Parker as usual. Well, even think. Remember the the what was the like? Jane, Jonas Jameson fires him and then hires him in the same sentence because he needs a photographer for some big event. I love that so much. And that's when like Mary Jane's like, I can't be doing this, Peter. I have friends who saw my show five times and you haven't even come once. Wait, but so, like, let's talk about that, because, like, okay, after (laughs) the birthday, they see each other, like, they're behind, they're in their backyards, and it's, like, this, like, ha-ha, look at us, you know, this, like, ode to, like, their childhood together. She, like, caresses his face, which they seem to do a lot in this movie, (laughs) and they have sex eyes. Not kissing eyes, they have sex eyes. And then she walks away and is, like, by the way, I'm seeing someone. And I'm just, like... If you need to figure out where you stand 
with your like attraction to this person, this love for him versus like dating Elijah from the Vampire Diaries, like maybe you should figure that out first before you agree to marry um, J. Jonah Jameson's son. Who's who, going to space. Who's going to space. <laughs> Which they never make quite clear. Like, is he an athlete who's going to space or is he an astronaut going to space? They keep joking about like, playing sports on the moon and i'm like i don't know how serious i'm supposed to take this i'm assuming that he's just an astronaut but that's a very okay. good observation like i yeah, was really confused could, yeah you know in the comics he becomes a uh space werewolf amazing yeah, mad wolf mad wolf <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> fantastic i love that um yeah so that's where he like goes to the event and just like everyone it's just like it is an event for J. Jonah Jameson's son but it just turns into an event to shit on Peter Parker yeah cause uh Harry's getting drunk and flips and out again him. slaps him silly he's like you're my dad's favorite son but also you love his killer and you keep taking photos of him you're not my friend and he's like I I'm here for a job <laughs> and nobody is giving me any snacks. No. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> like every time he was about to take something, someone else takes it. It's just so sad and pathetic. <laughs> um, also, and then I can't remember what happens after this. Well, like, we also have that? to. We can't forget to talk about one of my favorite characters. My favorite characters. The. Uh, the why is my brain losing sorry i'm having covid brain it's okay oh mr mr dukovic who wants his rent <laughs> mr dukovic he's one of my favorite characters <laughs> peter parker lives in this like sh- this shitty bedroom apartment that he shares a bathroom with other tenants and it's just this guy mr dick dukovic dickovic Oh my it doesn't God. matter. It doesn't matter. Rent? <laughs> you have rent? <laughs> um, that yeah, the I best. love that guy. Actually, so when we watched the first one, I was completely thrown off by him having the apartment with Harry. So when he had this apartment, I was like, oh yeah, this makes more sense to me. And then I realized like, oh yeah, you can't really live with your best friend after you've murdered his dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also you both love the same girl. Yeah, that would be awkward. Yeah. I thought you were gonna mention um I thought you were gonna mention Bruce Campbell's second appearance. Oh yes. Also we have second Beautiful appearance years. of Bruce Campbell, this time the guy that won't let Peter Parker into the show that Mary Jane is playing. That's so interesting. That is, like, I didn't really put two and two together in the last episode when you mentioned um, that the idea was that he would be Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But seeing him again in this movie, and I had no idea he was in the second one. Um, also, like, giving him a chance to play this different character. Like, it's, it's Bruce Campbell. He's great. Oh, yeah. And then I remember what I forgot. We're going to have to watch the third one. I forgot who he plays <laughs> in the third one. Oh, he's in the third one, too. Amazing. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, amazing. I forgot. Uh, is he... I think he's their waiter. Yes, he's the waiter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's the French waiter. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I think Peter proposes to MJ. Oh, um, yeah. At the dinner party, and he's the waiter, and he's just like, uh, there's a band that he's trying to call in, and it keeps coming in and out. Is there? It's kind of a hilarious scene. Mm. He's so great. Yeah, he he. <laughs> that scene with him being the uh, we call it the usher in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It adds to the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I also. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. I was gonna say I was gonna. Have to, I'm trying to think where we should keep going because um now because we know Doc Ock makes it through. He leaves the hospital and he's trying to recreate his plan and he robs a bank. I didn't know if we should speak about the oh, bank. Oh yeah, the bank Whoa. scene. I do want to add, um, and we can like lead into it with the bank scene, is that I loved Rosemary Harris's acting. Um, I feel like you get a lot more of her character in this. And I feel like she brings such an old school way of acting to the film and her lines. Like, I feel like when actresses speak in the 1950s and the 1960s, there's such a syrupiness to it. Yeah. Like, there's kind of like this like luscious coding and the timing and the way she gives the words, like there's like a rhythm to it. And I feel like she really brings that um, when she's talking about like losing the house and she's going to be evicted. Yeah. Oh my God. So they go to the bank where Joel McHale is telling them like, you can't get a loan. (laughs) And then that's That's when uh, Doc Ock shows up to steal a bunch of money. He's stealing a bunch of money because I think his plan is he's interrogated Harry to get mm-hmm. more of that material, which am I thinking clearly? I think was there like a version of the script where that material would would have been like vibranium? I don't know. I don't know. Something like that I could be wrong, but like I don't know, but I feel like with how much MCU has infiltrated our brains, I feel like it's easy for us to be like, "Oh, that would have been vibranium." Yeah, yeah. well, like because they do reference Doctor Strange in this movie. They do. They yeah. do mention Doctor Strange, which is very, like, which is very interesting given the movie coming out. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like that's I think. That was because uh, I remember reading Sam Raimi loved Spider Man, but he also loved Doctor Strange. That's cute. That which does about right. both which does by like Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. No. So he, yeah, he robs the bank first, and then he intimidates Harry for the tritium. Oh, and that's what it's called, tritium. Okay. Yeah. Um, the bank scene is great. Yeah. Here's your change. Um, it throws it right back. <laughs> there are so <laughs> many jump scenes in this movie that I legitimately jumped at. And like one of them like was like him attacking the bank from like everything seems normal. They're disappointed that they didn't get the loan. And then all of a sudden, bam, action is happening. Or like when Harry senses someone is near and he looks over the ledge and then just one of the tentacles comes up. I literally like jumped yeah. in my bed when I saw that scene. <laughs> Oh yeah, there was just the the little bits of horror aspect in this movie are really appreciated, and it was a lot of fun. Well, I I think I might have had it out of order. Did he rob the bank first? I guess mm-hmm. to buy more of the tritium, but that's when Harry, because I know Harry's deal is, I'll get you the tritium if you bring me Peter Parker. 
it's I'll I'll get you the tritium if you bring me Spider Man, and then oh, he's like dead, and then he's like, wait, no, I take it back, bring him here alive, and I'm like, you're you're just some little bitch. You're not gonna you're not gonna kill him. <laughs> And, but he's like, you can get him through Peter Parker. And then he's like, but don't hurt Peter. And like, I know, right? He says that at the very end as he's leaving, right? <laughs> yeah, after he's like already gone. Because well, yeah. you know what's funny is that he may, he says that exclamation, he's like, don't hurt Peter. But remember, this is like the second time Doc Ock tries to get Peter. He throws a car at him. He throws a car at him. Yeah, that's another yeah. like great, like shocking. And he doesn't realize he's Spider-Man. So that would have killed him. Well, that's that's what I was thinking, too. It's like, oh, had he not known that that was Peter, like, that that was Spider-Man, like, Peter, if he was not Spider-Man, if Peter Parker was just a regular photographer who had access to Spider-Man, that would have killed him. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, like, the Green Goblin is, like, his strength and his, his healing is enhanced. Like, he is mutated. Uh, aside from the tentacles, Doc Ock is just a normal man. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't like a punch from Spider-Man just outright kill him? Yeah. It seems like he also has some enhanced strength. I'm not sure. I think it's just the arms. Yeah, the, I mean, there. Um, I think it's like even the comic books. Yeah, it's just the arms. Like, there's one scene later on, right before they fall onto the train. Spider-Man takes one of the arms of the clock tower of the clock, mm-hmm. the clock tower and just throws at him i'm oh, like yo so good. doc doc would have been just fucking obliterated like yeah. bloody mess yeah but um but yeah so like, to your point like uh i think they gave him enhanced uh durability or i think at least for the movie one. yeah because yeah of course no one wants to see spider-man just rip off somebody's jaw with a punch but um <laughs> it's yeah it is something that i noticed as well Spider-Man pulls his punches when he fights crime because he could obliterate people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I also love that scene now as an adult because as a kid, I was just like, ah, oh, Peter can't be with Mary Jane and she's so sad. And now I'm like, man, she really thinks she fell for a fuckboy. <laughs> like she in that seat is like, oh my God, you told me that you would be here. I'm ready to break off my engagement for you and now you tell me you can't which is why i'm like you have to figure this shit out first before oscillating back and forth between these two men three including harry yeah yeah well i mean fucking harry fucking harry um so yeah he he tries to meet with peter and then like he shows up as spider-man and um, I love that scene, too, where he's like, we need to talk. Like, it's just like, ooh, <laughs> chilling. Um, and I, I love when he uses the clock hand as a weapon. And they're, yeah. like, using it back and forth on each other. Like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> and that scene where he just, like, throws it back at Doc Ock. And it's like the, the web is, like, elastic. And it's just like a, ooh. And then he blends it right back at him. And I'm like, that's, that entire fight scene from beginning to end it's kind of long when you think about it compared to modern fight scenes but it's just like i it's so well done that you're like kind of into it from beginning to end yeah from like him saying like oh tell spider-man i'll see him at so-and-so time to you know that 
and then the train when we get to the train scene too like it's a long fight oh and that's that that scene like i obviously some of the cgi doesn't age well but that train scene like you know made allude to it earlier Mm -hmm. is so incredible iconic Yeah, it was so dope. I remember there's a scene where the train is passing underneath, I guess, a walkway bridge or whatever, and Spider-Man, like, kind of, I don't know, somersaults, but spins right through it. I remember thinking as a kid, like, that is the dopest shit I've ever seen in my life. Just, like, Spider-Man just, like, you know the scene I'm talking about, that that particular, uh, where, yeah, he, he, I guess, Doc Ock goes underneath it or whatever, and. Spider-Man goes right through one of the holes in the, in the walkway. I'm like, yo, this is badass. That That's scene awesome. was so great. And the pun- oh, the punches felt real. And then when they go inside the um, inside the actual train uh, mm-hmm. while it's still going. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: that's not an MTA train. It's a Chicago <laughs> really? train. It's yeah. a Chicago oh, train. Oh, hell, this uh, is- <laughs> oh my heart, Chicago. I'm like, oh. I wonder why. I wonder what the logistics were, but yeah, because when you think about it, no, I don't think there's a train like that that goes above ground that in Manhattan. No, well, there there is a couple. There's a couple. The one train uptown, right? Yeah, I've taken the 125th station, and that's always uptown. I do think what is ridiculous is a, a train would not end just like where it ends in the movie yeah that that is the one thing where i'm like that doesn't seem safe without you know doc ock and spider-man fighting yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i'm like this train would end in a train yard possibly if that was the case if it ended there but if that's supposed to be yeah i guess that is actually supposed to be like the one line or whatever Mm -hmm. um no engineering (laughs) expert would be like this should just have a a straight stop right here on the water on this cliff edge right here. Yeah, like <laughs> like this bridge. I and mean, it's just like this doesn't make any sense. But yeah. you have to say this scene, this scene is like maybe I think when people think of these movies, this is the most I would say probably the most famous scene. Like it's mm-hmm. been parodied so many times. And like even in the Spider-Man in the into the multiverse did it like, you know, its own take on this particular scene. I still gotta watch this movie. Hang you on haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Into the Spider-Verse is like one of the best Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I still want to yeah. watch it, especially now that they're doing another one or they're doing something. They are yeah, doing another they, one. Okay. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Um, there's a Doc Ock. There's a great Doc Ock in uh, in there, voiced by the actress Catherine. who did um, Agatha. Um, from WandaVision. Catherine Hahn! Catherine yeah. Hahn plays... Oh, you don't best. spoil it. Don't look. Yeah. But yeah, she is oh, in I'm Into sorry. the Spider-Verse. Kind of spoiled it. No, I Bye-bye. know who she plays. I know who she plays okay. in the movie. Um, and I just... I love Catherine Hahn. She should be in everything. She's amazing. Um, but like, that scene... Can we talk about that scene? Yeah, this? let's talk about that scene. I it, love that scene. It feels like the most New York thing it in is. any of the Spider-Man movies. It only took me out a little bit that P- that Tobey Maguire has the goofiest face. I, oh, <laughs> I know. I Yeah, I also started laughing at that. He makes... Well, all three of these movies, he makes very goofy faces. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> but this scene is so... 
man, I love this scene. It's just, it pulls at the heartstrings. It's very sentimental because it's only like three years after 9-11. There's still this like New York camaraderie. New York camaraderie. This, yeah. yeah, this you unite behind like a hero being selfless, doing all these sacrifices. It's like the only moment where nobody, where everybody doesn't hate Peter Parker. Right, right. And, I, you know, the moment where they're like, oh, he's just a kid. And it's like, oh, he is just a kid. Like, even though he still looks really kind of old. <laughs> probably, the, probably the but, same age as the guy who said he's just a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're only like five years apart. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's like a very... Um, I don't know, it kind of like grounds Spider-Man like amongst his people that he's saving. Um, and it is just like the most New York scene. And they're basically like, hey, Dr. Octavius, I'm walking here. Yeah. All of yeah. New York is walking here. Get out I mean, of the way. The amazing Spider-Man tried to recreate it and it just no. it doesn't hit the same. I don't even they haven't even I don't think the MCU has even tried to recreate that scene. Yeah, and like Good to reason. this. Yeah, because yeah. you can't, you can't recreate it. Yeah, and I think it also like that scene is so iconic to what Tom you were saying earlier on about like proving that like a hero can still be vulnerable. A hero can ask for help because like the moment where he stops the train and he's about to fall over, and they all like lend a hand and they get that zoom of the hands over the Spider-Man crest. You know, you just you feel it. It's. It's very impactful. It, he's just a kid. No older than my son. It's all right. something we won't tell nobody it's beautiful it's such an amazing scene mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean that you know the moment where like peter parker realizes that mary jane is in trouble that doc ock has her after they met in the coffee shop you know, it's like, that's when, like, that's what initiates his powers to come back. And it's like, sometimes, like, what makes you vulnerable is the thing that inspires you and keeps you moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I also love the scene where he goes back to his home and sees that Aunt May is, like, packing up the things. And he's like, where are my comic books? And she's like, oh, I threw those things out. And <laughs> I had the, like... I had the assumption that his illustrations of his costume were still in the comic books. And that's why she kind of insinuates, like, it'd be really great for Spider-Man to come back. Yeah, it's clear that I'm like, yeah. oh, she definitely knows. She definitely knows. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's this powerful moment where she he reveals to to her, like, I, I let the guy go that killed Uncle Ben. And there's yeah. that touching, powerful moment where she's like, I, she doesn't even want to speak to him. 
Oh, that was so hard yeah. to watch. It was like no. But then, yeah. but then she comes back around, and she, I think she, she definitely knew. She definitely knew he is Spider Man, mm-hmm. and she kind of gives him that inspiration to get back out there. Get back out there, kiddo. But um, yeah, and then the final scene, and I don't remember where exactly it falls in line with like Harry having his moment. Oh. Yeah. Because it's um after the subway scene, Doctor Ock, you know, he takes Peter Parker and then he delivers him to Harry, right, and that's when right. we get the Harry reveal. Right. This is the this is the moment where like everybody finds out that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Just the last half hour, it's just everyone yeah. finding out. I can't be so public now. Yeah. <laughs> Harry goes to kill Spider Man, and he realizes it's Peter, and Peter just straight up is like. You're not going to kill me, dude. I got to save Mary. Let me go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you're mad at me. I really don't care right now. And he's just like, oh, oh, my God. And it's like, bitch, I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> um, and then he, like, sees his dad, but also it's like the Green Goblin's reflection in the mirror. Right. And, you know, then they set you up for the third film with Harry being the new goblin. But it really is, if I had to compare it to anything, it is really like Hayden, um, oh my God, Hayden Penetier, Hayden Christensen (laughs) becoming Darth Vader. It's just like, oh, it's so mopey. Yeah. I probably would have preferred it if Hayden Penetier became Darth Vader. She'd probably be really good at it. Fair. And we get our final showdown at the docks where Doc Ock was building his third son. This is his the third, third son. son. He yeah. builds two sons in this movie. Mm-hmm. He has Mary Jane held hostage. Again, and she's just battle- held hostage. Yeah. 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 And battle scene un- you know, unfolds. Very touching moment. where I love the moment where he comes to realization too when Doc Ock is kind of just... He takes back control from the arms. Yeah, it's so good when they're trying to like hiss at him, and he's like, "No, you listen to me now." Yeah, there's like there's just so much like, weight in his words. And and like what I love about it is like you see the pro- the power of his performance, and just the he knows what he has to do, and we really feel for this man. And like I think that's hopefully what will really work with this new movie is we get that. I wouldn't, I, I don't want him to just be another villain. I'm hoping Mm. that there is this like revelation where he has more complexity to his character, where he knows what he's had to do and the sacrifice that he made, you know, you know, what was really distracting though, throughout the whole movie. And I hope they don't bring it back for the new one. The weird buzz cut he had at the back of his head. Did you guys notice that? Yes. Oh my god, yeah. it was so distracting. Like, and then I'm like, is it a toupee? Does he wear a toupee? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think he wears a toupee. But it it was just like this really sharp buzz cut at the back of his head. And even as a kid, I remember being like, why would somebody have their hair like that? <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like his performance and especially the moments where he is talking to the tentacles, I feel like really does give that idea of like the audience is not stupid. 
Like right. he can talk to the tentacles and we can all sort of imagine the conversation that he's having with them. We don't need it to be like spoon fed to us. Exactly. Yeah. And then he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Um, I, I don't think in real life, though, if they made a third son of that magnitude, I don't really know how much dunking it in the Hudson River would help. Yeah, because okay. the sun is a lot bigger than the other ones. Yeah. And it, no, that would just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the size behind it, but I just know I'm like, dunking it in the river would not really do. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a I nuclear also, reactor. You just can't put water over it. Yeah. yeah. You gotta shut that shit down. <laughs> Let's take Bikini Bottom and put it somewhere else. <laughs> and the entire... Oh, well, yeah, by the way, the entire fucking Hudson River would be radiated. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. it is literally like a nuclear reactor. It's just like, if you dump water on it, that water is just poison yeah. for like hundreds of years. It'd be like so, all the fishes in um, like the Simpsons with like the three eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially like, uh, what's that place in uh, Ukraine? Like... Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yeah. 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 And then I feel like also one thing that was really odd is like, okay, so you see Mary Jane like almost being sucked into it because of course, like a sun would have its own gravitational pull, obviously. But my thing is, is like the whole time that she's being like sucked into it and she's like screaming her head off, which I I always appreciate an actress who has a good scream. (laughs) Her scream was great to me. Not like a great scream. Just like, but it's just like, oh my god, I can't, that's all I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the whole time, like, Doc Ock and Spider-Man are not being pulled into it. Like, they can stand on their own very strong. They've yeah. got superpowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> easy excuse. But I just kept thinking about that. I was like, nothing, not even like a little, eh, like a little tug, a little, like Chicago winds push. Guess not. That's okay. Oh, good. But yeah, I mean, they had to come up with some reason that, like, they could extinguish the third son. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, in general, redemption arcs for a villain are also something that has um, become a trope, but, like, I still love them. Yeah, yeah so do I. Yeah. Because there's humanity to... to it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even the witch in the new Mulan movie, Gong Lee, I freaking loved her. And they gave her a redemption arc, and I wish it was, like, a better redemption arc, but I was still really invested in the new character that they brought to it, um, mm-hmm. more than the rest of the movie. So Because you kind of see, like, where they took the turn, but you also see where they're trying to make right by it. And right. that's also, like, that's that's very human, like, to Tom's point. It's just, like, it, um, it makes the character a little bit more in-depth and just makes him more... Like, he's trying his best to fix it, and he's willing to sacrifice his life for it. So that's, you know, go down with the ship that you created. Q Dido playing yeah. White Flag. <laughs> um, but yeah, After I mean... The- mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was going to say, I was going to wrap up with the last bit. Oh, I was also going to say that, like, the one component that we keep forgetting about, too, is that, like, this is a man who's grieving. Like, his accident that he thought of so carefully killed the love of his life. Right. So at that point, like, his sense of humanity is just in a very, very dark place. And then on top of that, he's got these tentacles telling him, like, you need to redo this. You need to prove them wrong. That's all you have left. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, 
But no, I mean, it, it's a great role. It's a great movie. I love it so much. Me too. Yeah. It's one of... Um, it is my favorite Spider-Man movie now that I think about it. Even with the Tom same. Holland ones. It's, I have not uh, Tom, seen Holland Tom Holland is great. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. I mean, they're good in their own merits, but it this one seems like a Spider-Man movie. Actually, this one and then uh, what's the first one? Homecoming, Spider-Man: Homecoming with Vulture. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. those uh, are top two because it seems more grounded, more like he's not fighting ex- like crazy extraterrestrials or you know big mm. world-breaking um, threats. It's just like a dude from Queens, yeah, like fighting a villain. Right now, granted, this didn't take place in the Marvel. Uh, MCU, but it still felt like, man, this is just a guy that's just like trying to fight to save his neighborhood. Oh, I do yeah, have 100%. A question about the Tom Holland movies. I, I am actually like very interested in watching them now that like we're going hmm. back and watching the old Spider Man movies. Um, yeah. I'm very confused about the chronology of Tom Holland's Spider Man because. The first one takes place, they're like, it is this many years after the Battle of 2012. And I'm like, okay. And then they're like, then I go to the second one and they're like, well, because of the fight with Thanos. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second here. And they're like, all of the teens who were snapped into non-existence can now go back to high school. And now he's going to college. It's like, wait, wait, what? How old was he? So I think, so he first appears in... Captain America Civil War, and then Homecoming is supposed to take place um, right after that. Then Spider-Man, what's the next one? Far, not Far From, far from Home. Mm-hmm. Far From Home? Yeah, it's Far From Home. Uh, that one takes place after uh, Endgame. Okay. Five, yeah. And five. I don't remember if they address it, but they, I think they allude to it that it's just like some of these people have to go back to high school. That's or, uh, yeah. I don't know. I do, yeah. I remember what it was, uh, because... Peter gets snapped, mm-hmm. and I think like most of his classmates got snapped. So like the idea is when they all come back after Endgame, they're all still in high school, but like half the class moved on because it's five years later. And then like there's actually a running joke in the movie where like because they got snapped five years later, there was like a kid in middle school who now is their age and hot. <laughs> and it's just, just it's just like this weird balance that they're all kind of confused they're like well before we were snapped he was a kid but now he's our age and hot see that's the thing about the snap that annoys me so much and i feel like they tried to cover it well in wandavision with um the one shield employee who got snapped and she comes back and she's like where's my mom um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, they're alluding to her being a bigger deal later on because yes, yes. in the comic books, her character becomes a superhero. Um, but I just, it, it just gets too complicated too fast. And then I'm annoyed. No, just five years. Just think, Peter, any, just five years. That's all you got to keep reminding yourself. Yeah. No, but it's just only five years. years for some people. <laughs> like, yeah, but it, like, it's yeah. only five That's years. If, if it's only five years if you weren't snapped. Okay. What what I kind of like about it as well is the fact that, um, you know, it's it's like ramifications to these, you know, uh, world-ending events, right? Like in the comic books, like after they beat Thanos, you know, everything back to normal. It's just like now, it, 
after Thanos is still, he's still beaten, but it's like it's still five years later. We have to deal with the logistical mess. I think that's mm. part of the plot for Winter's uh, Falcon and Falcon the Winter and Soldier. The Winter Soldier like, yeah. There no, yeah, there were no borders during um, yeah, those during five the years blip because there was like there was so many less people on the planet. They just yeah. kind of had no borders to like make work, you know, work visas easier. But now all of a sudden half the population comes back and you have to figure out how to make that work. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can yeah, you imagine? That would be, that'd be, be crazy. That'd be so wild. Like the world would be more in a disaster if that happened. Although who knows? Like who with like half the people gone and then half of and then that half coming back five years later, we might have a better plan. I don't know. I don't know. It depends depends on who's left for those five years. I just mean I like to... logistically as like a society, yeah. like economically, financially, environmentally. Oh, yeah. the, the, like what would we there's do? There's been like great yeah. great depressions all over the place. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's just like been nuts. And you guys, I have to correct you guys. It's not called the snap. Even though it's a great name for it, it's called the blip. Oh yeah, in Spider Man they call it the blip. Freaking no, even it's in, not. It's the even snap. in the Hawkeye. Yeah, no, it should be the snap, but yeah. they call it the blip, and I'm like, the fuck is the blip? But yeah, that's what they call it. I'm sitting in Eric's gaming chair, and it makes a lot of noise. So I just want everyone to know that if they hear some like leather fart related <laughs> sounds, that it is Eric's chair. Okay. <laughs> I can't sit still, and that's my fault. It's, it's, it's not Courtney busting ass on the chair. It's the chair. You know, it's funny. I will say, like, when it comes to the obviously the Thanos snap, yeah. it, I I do kind of love it's become such a staple of our public discourse that mm-hmm. I was talking to someone randomly, like another adult, about work stuff. And then he made a joke. He's like, well, that guy just Thanos snapped himself. Yeah, it's, it's become like a cultural <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> phrase. Like, yeah. I, I've heard it in other things, too. And I, I Tom, I just sent you uh, before we started recording that video of Jordan Klepp um, talking to the wellness community in SoCal protesting against the vaccine. And he oh, even like makes a reference to Thanos because some <laughs> conspiracy theorist is like, well, um, the vaccine will just make a billion people die. And then <laughs> he's like, well, who, who is doing that? And he's like, Bill Gates. And he's like, you think Bill Gates is doing that? And he's like, no, but he's probably answering to somebody above him. And he's like, well, who? Who's the Thanos in the, in the equation? <laughs> and I just loved that. Like, I do love that, like, the Thanos snapping has become this like cultural thing that people understand. It's become like the Luke, I am your father. Bit. You that, know, it's yeah. become this cultural phenomenon where you can joke about like, I'm just going to Thanos snap this, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, Tom, you wanted to wrap up. Should we ask the question? Oh, well, let's talk about the final bit, the final bit where, the mm-hmm. wedding is happening, and oh, she right. she runs right. away from the wedding, and J. Jonah Jameson's like, call her up and tell her not to open the caviar. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, no judgment, no like, oh, what a fucking bitch. Just like, just thinking about the dollar signs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so great. Um, that I love- run, though, mm-hmm. that she makes to get to his apartment. Yeah. 
It's like so cheesy. I can't. So I cheesy. remember thinking, I'm like, oh, I can't. Like this. I love it like, though. I love the cheese. <laughs> Tom loves think- love. <laughs> I do. Their chemistry, I think, is more organic in this one. And I do love, like... Yeah, when they make out, they go hard in yeah. this one. And there's that beautiful moment where, like, he says, like, I don't, I can't hurt the people around me. And she's like, it's not your decision. And right. that's a powerful moment where, like, you really, like, the, the, the final nail, and the, like, the nails hit. Like, this is the lesson of the movie. Like, sometimes it's okay to not only ask for help. But trust the people that you're being vulnerable with, that they know what they're getting into. It's not always on you to make sure you could take care of other people. Sometimes people just make decisions and you got to live with it and it's better for you. Right. Like you can't control the people in your life. And that's just as bad as like forcing them to stay in your life, you know? Exactly. Um, That ending was nice, but um, to an earlier point, there is an honor. Ominous tone to it yeah. at the very end. I don't know if you want me to get into that now. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like as he, um, I guess hears fire trucks and sirens in the distance, and she's like, oh, "Go get him, Tiger!" Which great callback to the comic books. That's his, that's her nickname for him. Yeah, I um, love that line. I, I yeah, I, I really enjoy that. He's you know he swings and we kind of follow him as he's like kind of chasing. Um, where the danger's going and then cut back to her and she's leaning her head against like it i guess his screen door or his balcony door or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like she doesn't appear happy at all it's like mm. it's like what have i what have i done did i make the right decision and it's kind of like if, if for me seeing it uh recently i'm like oh this is not is this good for her is this is she she got swept up in love Mm-hmm. Right, you know, it's like I don't know. I, I thought that that was a little bit ominous. I'm like, oh man, if if we got the true sequel to that in Spider-Man Three, I think they would have explored that a little bit better, a little bit more, mm-hmm. and potentially grown out her character in um, a better way. I'm not gonna lie, I think they should have just ended it here, at this movie. Um, I remember shortly Ooh. after seeing it, they were like, two more movies, and I was like, oh wow. no. I think they could have made more. I just think the I would have loved to see. I want I want so badly for them to make another Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Right. And I think now now with this whole multiverse thing, you could do it and the audience would be okay with it. Like you probably right. couldn't do it 10 years ago. The audience would have been confused and been like, "But mm-hmm. wait, that's the other one." I think now <laughs> the audience gets it like, "Yeah, multiverse. This is in the it's the Spider-Man in a different universe. It's fine." Yeah, I mean, it it would have been really nice to be in an alternate universe where, like, he got to do three and four the way that he wanted to, because I really think it would have been interesting to see Bruce Campbell and Dylan Baker, although I don't really know how he would be as a villain, but maybe this would be his time to shine as a villain. I don't know. Actually, I looked up concept art and, like, read information about it. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you won't even really see a fight between Spider-Man and Bruce Campbell's Mysterio you essentially just see him see Spider-Man bring him into the police station. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes back in another in another maybe moment, but I think the, the focus of the fourth movie was supposed to be the lizard uh, and Vulture the... 
the, the vulture, vulture is. Mm. Yeah. That'd be cute if like his just like one cameo in the fourth one was just yeah. like, all right, I finally got Mysterio. And then like, I don't know, he says something that like leads into the fourth movie happening or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I do love her wedding dress at the end of this. I, uh, from what I like could or couldn't remember, I, I thought that the wedding dress thing happens in the third movie. I thought it was like from what I, from, you know, childhood memory is murky. Um, I thought that it's her trying to marry Harry in the third one, but I know that they share like an awkward kiss. Yeah. It was just, and, um, but I do really like the wedding dress. It's very pretty on her. Um, but the, the running scene is, is, it's a little silly. Yeah. I felt just bad for John Davison. I'm like, bro, you could have done this a lot better. It's okay. He'll become one of the original vampires. (laughs) And he'll go on to two other series on the CW. He'll be okay. (laughs) Did you know? (laughs) That doesn't sound okay. (laughs) Well, it was the CW at the height of the CW. So I I think he's fine now. Um, He was married to Rachel Lee Cook. Really? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess they, like, just got separated. Um, but I also found out when I was looking into Alfred Molina's history, this was really, I thought this was, like, really beautiful and romantic and tragic and, like, you know, interesting. Um, so he married an actress who was, like, 20 years older than him. Or, like, she was, like, almost 20 years older than him. In 1997, she gets diagnosed with um, some form of cancer. She beats it. And they were together for a very, very long time. In 2013, his first wife, um, she is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And in, like, 2018, they move her to a facility. And then I also saw, okay, she passes away in 2020. And then he marries Jennifer Lee in 2021. Jennifer Lee is the successor to... See, um, to Disney Animation Studios after John Lasseter. She was the co-director of Frozen. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I mean, first I saw like the dates on the Wikipedia. I was like, how can you like be with somebody in 2020, they die, and then like you get married in 2021? Like that does seem really fast. And it turns out like they brought her into the facility in 2018 and Jennifer Lee confirmed that they had a relationship from November 2019. So when she was in, like, late-stage Alzheimer's, um, you know, at that point, it's, like, a completely different person. So right. I guess at that at that time, and I kind of wonder if, like, him working at Marvel, working on um, No Way Home, I wonder if that's, like, the interaction that led him to his new wife. And I, I thought that that was, like, beautiful and tragic and beautiful again. So I thought that was really interesting. Wow. I did not yeah. know all that. Yeah. No, really powerful i mean like i i think that like they must have had a really really wonderful marriage if they were together for that long and for him to like find somebody afterwards like that must be really difficult to get through i can only imagine jesus Mm -hmm. i also had no idea that a female um director was john lassiter's successor and that made me very happy oh yeah yeah also i just remembered this i'm sorry you told Mm -hmm. a very very emotional story. Um, to cut back, fun fact in the in the hospital scene. Uh huh. One of the doctors is filmmaker John Landis, maybe one of my favorite 
filmmakers of all time. Oh, we've talked he about gets, John Landis. He gets murdered by Doc Doc. Yeah. <laughs> but John, I love John Landis. Isn't John Landis the one who had the issue on the set of the Twilight Zone movie, though? Did he? I don't know. Yes. I know that. Um, He did. He's known. He's done Animal House, A Werewolf in London. He did the Michael Jackson Thriller music video. Amazing. Also, um... Um, what was it? Um, ah, fuck. Why am I forgetting? One of the John directors, because there are three directors for the Twilight Zone movie. Okay. Um, oh, he was one of the directors on that. But uh, also, I love, I only saw this movie recently, but Coming to America, he directed that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is that it the really two, two? Or is it like Coming to America? The Coming to America with like, Eddie Murphy. Like the sequel? That's what I mean by, like, coming to. Yeah, no, 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 no. The first one, the first one. Okay. He didn't direct the sequel. Okay. Um, I there think he is produced it, but he didn't direct it. One of my favorite Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is in Coming to America. Um, her name is Garcelle. I forget what her last name is. But she's amazing. She's, she's, she's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. trying to figure out which director. One, if you look it up, one of the directors had a very, very bad accident on the set of the Twilight Zone movie, and I, I feel like it was John Landis. I'm it probably sure. was. Yeah. Let me see. I'm looking at um history. Yeah. The it helicopter wasn't good. accident. Yes, yes, the helicopter accident during the filming of one of the segments directed by Landis, actor Vic Morrow and child actors. Macardy and Renee Shen Yi Chen died in an accident involving a helicopter being used on the set. What the hell? Yeah, what? and then that's when his career kind of stops. I wouldn't say it stops because he still made plenty of stuff after, but producer and that's co-director Steven Spielberg was disgusted by Landis's handling of the situation. Wow, shit. Yeah, and I feel like this is like a conversation that's happening in the media too of just like, you know, caring for the people on set, you know, um, I think Ruby Rose is also fighting for like the rights oh, of yeah. the people who have been on set of, uh, Batwoman with them. Yeah. Yeah. God, God, God bless them because, yeah. uh, I read about some of the Ruby Rose's stuff and I'm just like, it's insane. That's, that's awful. Yeah. So I had, I heard it was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild what happens on set of these things. Oh, oh my god. Oh my Jesus. god. At least, like, okay, maybe, like, I, you know, I mean, he is willing to agree with, like, any investigation that's going on. But I just feel like, like, from someone who's experienced, like, so much grief, I just look at him and I see a man who is like broken down by something he participated in. Like yeah. he seems to me that he is broken inside. And I yeah. think he just well, like, yeah. And I think he just like up and moved to like Vermont or New Hampshire. Like I hope that he gets the mental help that he needs after experiencing wow. the event that he was a part of. I hope the families though, they, yeah. it, it just, it's Absolutely. so tragic all around. Like, yeah. It's very evident that this was a movie where the pressure was on to film it as fast as possible. And you had a reckless, you know, firearms, you know, 
you had reckless people in charge of the firearms department. Because, like, the way it worked is that he was holding a revolver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, they, he cocked back the hammer, which, and he didn't pull the trigger. But the thing is, with a revolver, that, that, if you let that hammer go, it will trigger and fire off the bullet. And if you've been told it's a clear, like a cold gun, and it you're so like you're under the belief that there is no ammunition in the gun, then like it, it's just so fucking wild, like yeah. that that was allowed to even happen. Yeah, and like I'm somebody who like I identify as a pacifist, so like the fact that there could even be a prop that could be so dangerous on set is really terrifying to me that like somebody yeah. could wield something that is meant to be fake and it can still cause this much damage to like not only this person but this person's family you know um it's just wild to me that like there's just so little care that is taken into consideration for some of these sets yeah but yeah do better yeah you just have to keep learning from it and that's why you know it's good to listen to the employees and the crew and the staff, not just the actors who are like the main stars of it and get the biggest paychecks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was Spider Man 2. A great movie. Amazing movie. Yes. Um, the next one is not going to be so good. <laughs> no, but I will give it this it's significantly better than the Amazing Spider Man 2. Okay. <laughs> Um, trust me it's a lot better we will That's not saying much <laughs> we will lose yanel for the next one i'm so sorry that you won't be able to join us for the third okay. one i appreciate um, being here i appreciate you guys having me you hate being here i get it uh <laughs> absolutely hate it i'm i'm seething inside <laughs> disgusted and <laughs> um but thank you for joining us yanel Oh, thank you for having me. Is there anything that you want to add before? Um, in my mind, there's only two Spider-Man, uh, Tobey Maguire movies, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Fair. movies, and um, you know, those two really defined my uh, my teenage years a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when I was like drawing comic books and trying to like. The character I created back then, I was so I, I was I was too prideful to admit it was a direct ripoff of Spider-Man, <laughs> direct, <laughs> right? Uh, I think even I think I even came up with my own version of like with great power comes great responsibility. I love that. Like that. <laughs> I love and, that. Uh, and I and I remember kids saying like, "This is Spider-Man." I'm like, no, it's not. You know? <laughs> uh, so, but it also kind of like. It, it, it lended to kind of my career now, right? Because, like, I was drawing a lot because, especially because of that movie and, you know, eventually led into career design. And, yeah, it, it was a very, those two movies were very formative movies um, when I was growing up, especially in high school. I remember people asking me all the time, you can see those movies, you can see those movies. Like, Bro, I am. <laughs> Whether it be bootleg or in the theater. Um, if it makes you feel any better, in middle school, I definitely created like my own version of like what was essentially Sailor Moon, but like really? <laughs> if it was like somebody who looked exactly like me, like yeah. I think I called it like Amber and the Cerulean Sun. 
or something like that. And it <laughs> I was, love that. It was set in the near future, which at the time was 2010. I remember these details. <laughs> and um, the characters had um, hover blades, which we did not have in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> um but i feel like awesome. yeah i i feel like it's so great for like when young like creatives come up with things that they're inspired by like the artistic media that they see i feel like that's so yeah. essential to like creating an imagination so yeah it's awesome it was when when i was growing up i definitely um made up whatchamacallit um different Saiyan characters. That was my thing. I used to draw oh my different types of Saiyans. Really? Yes, yeah, the I muscles. Was big into, I was big into the DBZ, so I was always drawing Saiyans, yeah. Also Zoids. <laughs> Zoids, Zoids, too. Um, yes. We, we played with Zoids a lot. Um, we did. That was the best part of fifth grade. That was the best part of fifth grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Digimon, like I'd make up my own Digimon. Oh, um, I did that you know all what? the time. You know what yeah, no, we me? have to bring you back for the Digimon movie. I'm just saying yes. it right now. Okay? I gotta, I gotta watch that. I, I, I own it on be... DVD. We'll watch it together. <laughs> you know what crushed me? America. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you know what crushed me Sorry, was Tom, like yes. fifth grade, like being so into Zoids, and it was such like a thing our class did. But then when we got to middle school, it was like you couldn't like anything. I know. You, could, you weren't allowed. Yeah. You were not allowed to like any of the nerdy shit you liked in fifth grade. I know. You had and to like grow up so me. fast and have your hair in gel already. Mm-hmm. Oh, that it was, was a, heartbreaking. It was. Yeah. Ugh, growing up. Puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of growing up, let's ask the question. Yes. Tom, Yanel, do you think that this movie would be as successful today as it was back then? Um, by the way, for the record, the box office uh, um, reigned in um, $789 million. Damn. Incredible. I'm going to um, say yes. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going mean, to say like, yes, there's too. A, there's a reason yeah, where yeah. most of the villains in this new one, especially, you know, Alpha Merlini's Doc Ock are like prominently featured in the teasers for it. Like that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you just like did this movie today, it'd be great. Yeah. I think a lot of people would like it. Um, I would definitely like it. I think I might've mentioned this before, but, um, when my dad had quote unquote, not heart surgery in 2012, um, uh, he had a lot of like wires and stuff uh, attached to him. And I was uh, one day like, hey, Doc Ock, what's going on? And it sort of like became like a loving nickname um, that we had around the house when he was like trying to heal and feel better. Just call him Doc Ock. And we, you know, when you um, have like a cardiovascular surgery um, at the local hospital, they give you that pillow with like the heart on it. Um, I think they give that to a lot of hospitals because I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger with the same pillow after his heart surgery. And uh, we wrote on it, like, Doc Ock. And, um, Aww. yeah, so, like, I... And my dad also loved this uh, Spider-Man movie. So, um, yeah, it was really enjoyable to rewatch. Hell yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm really glad. Yeah. Um, what has been... 
your weekly obsession, guys. Ooh. Uh, funny enough, and it's like all coming together. I am. It's another video game. It's not a cities. <laughs> I like like geeked out a lot hardcore last time. No, it's no, not, no, no. It's a bad thing, but um, I'm playing that terrible Avengers game that came out uh, a little oh, bit ago. Oh boy, yeah. And I am ashamed to say that I spent way too much money on different costumes. Amazing. The character, right? It's like it's so bad because some of these costumes are just recoloring of their normal costumes. So it's just like. Oh, we get to see Black Panther, but in brown and blue or whatever. Here's like a purple but, highlight to it. <laughs> exactly. And so a recent character they, the DLC that got released is actually Spider-Man. And, you know, it's a bad game. They don't have Spider-Man's mechanics right. But uh, guess what I'm doing? Oh, what I was doing last night at like 11, just like, I got to play this game. I'm like a comic book fan like like that. I'm like, this is a terrible, god-awful game. I bitch to Janelle about it all the time. But Joe is kind of like, like that, too. Like, yeah. he will play something and then complain about how angry it makes him the entire time. But he'll still yeah. keep playing. <laughs> I think I think you know what it is? It's like, man, what could have been? What fucking could have been? Yeah, we, we were watching the first two episodes of Cowboy Bebop, and I was just, like, so happy to see it. Like, I, I'm one of those people where I'm like, they didn't destroy it. I love the campiness of it. I love John Cho. I'm fine with this as is. And then the whole time we're watching it, like, Joe is like, this isn't right, and that's not right. And if they're going to do it like this, why'd they do it like that? And I'm like, just watch it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just I have to happy. watch it. I'm afraid. And we'll listen, just enjoy the ride. I, I love the okay. campiness. I love that they like bring back the main composer. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Interesting. Tom, what has been your obsession? Um, two things. Well, I'm sick, so I'm just watching things. I'm actually very much enjoying the Hawkeye show. It takes oh, really? place on Christmas. It feels oh, yeah. very much it feels like a Shane Black Christmas action movie, but in six episodes. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is back, baby. <laughs> Part six, Stone Ocean, Jolene Cujo and her wild Jolene. adventures in prison. Oh. Jolene Cujo. Yes, they sing the song, too. I they love, sing the song. Oh, I love Dolly. I love Jolene. They, yeah, Jolene Cujo is in prison in Florida and has to Amazing. find the enemy and escape and save her father, Jotaro Cujo. Okay, this might be the season that I like need to invest in. I love that it's set in Florida, and I love that they named her Jolene. Yep. That's amazing. Love Jolene awesome. Cujo. Um, so that's it for me. I... Like, I feel like uh, the only thing that got me out of this, like, vomit-inducing migraine has been salon paws. The muscle-relaxing patches. Uh, my roommate Eric bought some new ones, and I'm so thankful because I just slapped them all over my neck, and it's, like, the only thing that made my head feel better. Um, separately, I am obsessed with Zendaya's red carpet outfits for Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> oh my god have you guys seen like the spine dress that she wore no 
Oh my god, it is amazing. Like, it is completely an ode to Doc Ock. And it's like black, simple, long, low in the back. It like fits her perfectly. And then like the back is this like copper metal piece that looks like a spine. And it's so amazing. And then she's wearing this other outfit at another event where it's like this big bedazzled blazer that looks like it's just like draped in diamond encrusted spider webs. It's so good. It's so good. I love her red carpet fashion. She's amazing. God bless her. Yeah. So guys, thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm. This will, I'm going to rush to get this out (laughs) in time for No Way Home, which unfortunately I won't be there opening night for. Aw, Tom, it's okay. I bought tickets for that. Oh no. sorry, man. Maybe I'm hoping to go Saturday. If my, if my COVID test Friday tests, negative i'm going saturday okay cool so i mean that i think it's what 10 days and theoretically like reasonably so i i got the got the test on tuesday it's safe to assume i had this monday so 10 days i definitely could be in the clear by next friday saturday i'm hoping yeah and you know even if you test positive um, like you could test positive for a while because of the antibodies yeah. and like the remaining dead cells that are in your body. So even if you test positive, so long as you are symptom free and you feel a okay, you are. Is that true? Yes. I thought it was you had to be negative. No, um, because when I when I had my issue, um, they they told me please stop going for tests. <laughs> really? Yeah. Especially for a case like mine that was, like, so confusing and, like, they were unclear of whether or not I was actually sick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, guys, hope you enjoyed. Go see No No Way Home. Enjoy it. Doctor Strange is in it, I heard. I'm very excited (laughs) about that. (laughs) I love Doctor Strange. The best episode. Not confirmed. (laughs) But, Wait, but he's Doctor in it. Strange. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, okay. No, we're I was teasing, like, is this teasing, like a Marvel yeah, joke yeah. that I don't understand? No, no, no we're just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, be sure to follow us on the Instagram at members00s podcast. You can find mm-hmm. us, just type us into the search browser of your choice. I haven't we done will show up. a lot with it, but I will again. It will happen. We will, we are found on. Oh, my brain died. Spotify and Apple and Podbean and and the uh, yeah, sure Amazon. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe. We... Yeah, I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed now. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go to bed. I'm gonna drink my fizzy drink, and Yanel is gonna get some rest. All right, guys. Thank you. Right. Take care. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Of course. Bye. Oh, this guy? Uh, uh, Dr. Octopus. That's crap. Uh, uh, Science squid? Crap. Dr. Strange. That's pretty good. But it's taken. Wait, wait, I got it. Dr. Octopus. Uh, but uh, I like it. Of course you do. Dr. Octopus. New villain in town. Doc Ock. Genius. What, are you looking for a raise? Get out. Chief, I found Parker. Where you been? Looking for you all morning. Why don't you pay your phone bill? Mad scientist goes berserk and we don't have pictures. I heard Spider-Man was there. Where were you? Photographing squirrels? You're fired. Chief, the planetarium party. Oh, right. You're unfired. I need you. Come here. What do you know about high society? Oh, 
Uh, well, I... Yeah, don't answer that. My society photographer got hit in the head by a polo ball. You're all I got. Big party for an American hero. My son, the astronaut. Could you pay me in advance? <laughs> you serious? Pay for what, standing there? The planetarium, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. There's the door. <laughs>